to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. All right, welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. So let's go. Today, I'm here with Katrina Patron, CEO of North Star HQ, Denver's first fully integrated data-driven agency specializing in sales automation, lead generation, and digital marketing. Katrina is also the creator of Not the Marketing Girl, where she and her team created a four-month training program that teaches smart, effective online marketing strategies to entrepreneurs and teams who want more sales. And I don't know about you guys, but I always want more sales, (laughs) right? So I'm so excited that you are here, Katrina. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited. So so share with the audience what you do, your business, all the goods. Yeah, the quickest version to explain it is I own and operate a digital marketing agency outside of Denver, and I've done this for about 10 years. But the great thing about being a creative is it lends itself to making new things, new projects, new um, new products. And so I've also founded Not the Marketing Girl recently, and I'm really excited about that. It's a training program for junior level marketing teams. Yeah. Awesome. Well, shout out to Denver. I'm also in Denver. So. Oh, yay. Fun. Are you a native here or just moved here or... I've been here 10 years and compared oh, that to all, that's what I was going to say, compared <laughs> to all the newcomers that we have, it feels right. like I'm native, but yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't agree with that logic. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I'm born and raised here, but I, I've decided, you know, if it's after, you know, you moved here maybe seven to 10 years ago, like you're considered a native. You're it. You, you were here before the boom. <laughs> yeah, definitely before the boom, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so what um, led you to um, start the, not the marketing girl? I know you mentioned that, you know, just, I mean, yeah, an awesome thing about being an owner of your own business yeah. is that you get to, you know, move and groove in, in what feels right. So what kind of led you into moving into that direction and that kind of type of messaging? I feel so strongly that there's a need for this because oftentimes I'm talking to prospects and, you know, just asking like, well, what's going on with your marketing? Who's handling it? Are you happy? Like, and what I hear so often is, well, yeah, we have a marketing girl, you know, the marketing girl down the hall handles yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, the, which is great in some respects and not great in other respects. I feel like these companies are doing a fantastic job of hiring junior level people who have great work work ethics, who are savvy, who know the technology. Um, But the challenge with being junior level is inherently they just don't have the years of experience that some some of us more senior marketers have. And because of that, there is almost always a misalignment or a lack of strategy. And so there's also a lack of results is what happens. And I hear this on the calls where it's like, well, the marketing girl's doing it, but I don't know if it's really impacting sales, you know, and it's just that piece of business acumen that's missing where now, you know, 
16, 17 years into my career, I'm like, oh, though, like this is the value of experience, right? right. Is like learning those pieces. And so the that. training program is intended to help those junior level people sort of bridge the gap and learn those business skills to make sure their strategy is effective. Yes, definitely. No, I mean, I totally get you. I, I hear those calls all the time where it's, mm-hmm. you know, some uh, a VA or someone who's interested, or maybe they're just doing their social media or, you know, they're interested in copywriting, maybe interested in SEO or something, but there's no real goal or drive or maybe even a pulse of all the things that are changing all the time. And so sometimes they're working in, I don't know, maybe dinosaur methods sometimes that happen, which matter. And there are good, good things that are just foundational. Um, And then sometimes it's like, you know, there's times to change it. (laughs) Well, and oftentimes they get hired on two things. One is character, which I think is fantastic to hire on. We hire on that all the time. The other is technical ability Mm -hmm. um, and technical acumen. And because these junior level people have used a lot of these platforms all like all through their life, what middle school, high school and college, they are very technologically savvy. So yes, they know how to schedule in Hootsuite. They know how to make an email campaign, but do they know how to tie that messaging into overarching business goals? And that's the gap that I'm seeing. And then other thing that just started frustrating me. And so not the marketing girl is kind of like our clap back at that. (laughs) There's so, I mean, you're right in that there are whatever, a million marketing providers that any company could choose at any different time. And these marketing providers will call themselves like marketing gurus, ninjas, queens, divas. And I just started on top of being called the marketing girl, which I feel like a girl guy, non-binary doesn't matter. That is so disrespectful. And then you know, I'll be on calls and someone's like, I'm just really looking for an SEO ninja or a yeah. marketing diva. I'm like, is that like, what is that? <laughs> to the website, not the marketing girl.com. One of the things that we, we had so much fun with is building out this brand that kind of is like a little bit sassy. You'll see that we're wearing witches hats to represent yeah. marketing wizards and, um, you know, crowns to represent marketing, uh, queens and things right. like that. It was just really fun to create, but beyond that, I yeah. just a big need for it. It is. It is. I have like, in some of my messaging, like marketing maven, but even more, that's more of like a, like to shake up what's sure. been going on and like take charge of what that business needs and what I suggest yeah. for that business, which may not and most of the time shouldn't be exactly what I'm suggesting for, for someone else, right. To it, to a T um, you're yeah. All the gurus and all the ninjas and, and, and it just stinks. Cause I think people also get caught up in what they think they should be doing yes. um, or what their friend over here is doing versus maybe what they should be working with and aligning with. Um, and sometimes they just don't have proper people on their team to kind of steer them in the best direction for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On, um, I, I peeped on LinkedIn. You had, um, a post about marketing agencies are dying. <laughs> so I wanted yeah, to chat about that. Not a popular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm all about non-popular opinions or unpopular opinions. So coming from a marketing agency owner yeah. to say marketing agencies are dying. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> here's the thing. When I got into marketing, I think 16 years ago, um, 
the barrier to entry was really, really high. So the things that I handled back then were billboards, radio, print ads, and TV commercials. And in order to do any of those effectively, if you didn't have, you know, maybe probably 25 to $50,000 to like kind of do an entry camp, entry level campaign, you weren't going to, you weren't going to be able to have a budget to, to do anything effectively. And since then, you know, this many years later, what's happened, the barrier to entry is exceptionally low, right? So where you used to need $50,000, you can run ads for 50 bucks. You, I mean, you can run them for five bucks if you want. And so what's happened is the landscape has completely shifted. And so there are, well, a couple things. One, it used to be that um, if you didn't have like, say $50,000, you probably didn't even have a marketing department either. Cause you're like, what's the point? You might buy an ad in the yellow pages or something right. once right. a year and you didn't, that was fine. Yeah. Um, but now because the barrier to entry is so low, so many companies are building up these marketing co- marketing departments. Like most companies right. have them, which is also why they have the quote unquote marketing girls to lead yeah. these marketing departments that they didn't previously have. Right. And so that's one thing that is happening is a lot of companies are moving away from agencies and building out their own internal teams. Right. Um, the other thing that's happening is access to resources. So what used to be like agency of record, like an Ogilvy or, you know, something, Isachi and Sachi, something of that caliber, that is like dying away sort of old school. People are really pulling together um, various vendors or various contractors who can Mm -hmm. kind of cobble together a marketing strategy for them. But again, like my caution on that, I I think most of that is great. And I'm in support of my caution on that is to make sure that those pieces are working together. And again, tying it back to the overarching business goals, because oftentimes what can happen is those individual vendors will start to be siloed. And then so what's being said through email is not consistent with Right. whatever, social or the blogs. And right. so then these little pieces where it's like, well, you know, I don't feel like we're gaining traction and it's because nothing is tied together. Correct. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a overarching goal for everyone. Everyone's just like, all right, my ads should do this. And my thing should be this. And yeah. I only send out copy and see you later or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a story about maybe a client that maybe was in this, maybe older thinking or was, but was ready to kind of move into something new and you kind of went in and shook things up and, and how that went. Oh, for sure. We love what we call the boring clients. The yeah. cli- you know, everyone wants to work with those brands that are super cute and Instagrammy. And those are always our biggest challenges. The ones we like to work with are the boring ones. It's the ones... Um, we see them a lot in construction. We've also had a couple of waste management clients, which is like, no one wants to do marketing for waste management. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except for us. They're like, they're so fun. So um, a lot of times what we see in those industries, though, is uh, especially in privately held companies is there's often some generational shift. So say it's the dad generation that's getting ready to retire and the son sure. generation is kind of coming in and taking over. But the son generation um, has a lot of 
technological skills. And he's like, I don't know, you know, Sandy at the front desk has been doing it this way for whatever, 30 years. And he's like, I just, I, I just want to get us into the future, you know, and it's like 20, the future is already here guys. Right, but, right. Well, um, so anyway, that's, that's a lot of who we work with. Um, there's a construction company in town that I'm thinking of specifically that we work with and a big piece of what we've done, they, right now they're doing, uh, residential renovations. And so one of the things that we recently did was, um, redo their website to make it very millennial user friendly. And so there's actually if you want to renovate your bathroom or kitchen in your home, you can go through sort of a questionnaire um, that takes you to a dashboard that then gives you the status of your project as far as, hey, the materials are in and these are the palettes that you have to choose from and you get two swaps on that. And so do you want to swap a light fixture and a cabinetry you sure. know, or something to that effect? And so it's really hitting the millennial market in a, a modern way in a way yeah. that like as a millennial is something I expect when I go to a website rather than like, okay, well, I want my kitchen renovated. So let me call some people and then right. they come out and quote it. Like in this case, you just upload the videos, you, right. you measure your kitchen, you upload the videos, you show what you hate, what you love. I'm like, and I don't have to leave and I don't have to plan a half day for someone to come between eight and noon or whatever, right. you know? Yeah. It's, right. It's so great. So that's something we've worked on that has been really fun. Yeah. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse to me sometimes is when I go to a website and I'm just like, oh, I don't think this has uh-huh. changed for like 15 years, which is like a hundred years in, in yeah. tech wise, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's always, it's always interesting when you can assist a client and like really shift and make, and sometimes it's, yeah. it's not that hard, but it is kind of the fear or, you know, them feeling a little sticky or uncomfortable mm-hmm. to just kind of move into, into a new space. And sometimes I feel like even more than the marketing we do, there's a lot of process that yeah. comes out of that. Like, what is this going to look like? Not only for the user, which we're handling, but how are you going to deliver that internally? Right. Um, so that's a big piece. To your point about the 100-year-old websites, I can tell you, this was years ago when we first moved to Colorado, I was looking for a pediatrician for our kids. And I got a list that our insurance accepted. And I went to the websites. And there's this one that was really, really close to us. But their website was like 1995, a clip art thing. And like, right. they must be horrible doctors. Right. Like, <laughs> and so we didn't go to them. And yeah. then there was a time where we were looking for churches and mm-hmm. we were, ha- we bounced around. We were in the service of this one and their graphics were horrible. And I look at my husband, I'm like, we got to get out of here. I yeah, will never yeah. be able to pay attention. <laughs> so like, I know I'm kind of on the high end, high maintenance side of that, but I think in some capacity, we all have that lens at this point, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's your digital story, if you will, matters or like the, the, it's kind of like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but like, yeah, I'm going to judge you by your website a little bit. And like, before I even get a chance to hear who you are, what you do, what you sell, what you're passionate about or whatever, um, I, I care what your socials look like or your website looks like, depending on what it is, of course. Um, But also I think, yeah, being in the, in the millennial, you know, group as well, it's like, we're moving and grooving. 
And if it takes me so long to find some information, I'll find it faster somewhere else. Yes. So yeah, and that, that definitely matters. So talking about marketing and, you know, we both, you and I are marketing nerds. Like what are, what is something recent um, as far as a tip or trick that you could pass out to those who are listening or maybe best practice or maybe something that you're like, this just happened, jump on it, something like that. Marketing is so funny because I feel like there is just this constant pendulum of like something will be really great and then marketers will ruin it because (laughs) they'll be too intense on it and then it'll be really horrible for a while. Right. Clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) So there's there's something that comes to mind and your listeners are going to be like, yeah, I knew about that. It's nothing new, but here's the one thing I am finding that is so good right now. And that clients are wanting is back to some really good email marketing. And here's why, because there have been some updates on the social platforms and the permissions have changed for advertising. So Mm -hmm. we are seeing advertising budgets decrease dramatically because people are not wanting ads on their feeds and Mm -hmm. no, rightfully so (laughs) So because we went too heavy. We oversaturated the social platforms with ads. And so um, companies are looking for other ways to invest that are high value. And when I say, good, strong email campaigns, that does not mean go buy a list and market, you know, and blast them with spam because that's not going to work. But the email campaigns that work are the ones where it's like, you know what, over the last five, 10 years, I have consistently built my list. These are people who maybe we met at a trade show or they signed up for something or they previously purchased something like going back and really segmenting those out and having nurturing sequences is really effective. Yeah. Um, And email through all of this email has consistently been a workhorse for conversions from what I've seen. Um, Yes. New technology has emerged. Some has, you know, come and gone. Some has stayed and changed, but through it all email has been good. So uh, one one tip that I would say is go back and analyze what you have going on in your emails and look for some room to optimize or re-energize, just, you know, maybe bring new life to it, change the vision whatever it is, but take a look there. Right. Right. There's, um, I can't tell you how often I'm sure you get this too of like, but I just don't want to email too much. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be sleazy or, or email, you know, too often. And, um, a a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll be like, but these people still want to connect with you. Yeah. Um, so it shouldn't, it, no one is suggesting that it should feel sleazy or salesy. You're not, old Navy, you know, or the gap or they're sending stuff out constantly. Right. Maybe you are, you know, in that kind of that product space or, um, and, and there is a method to that, that matters, but mm-hmm. people are just trying to connect with you and network with you and just build connections. So even when you're thinking of selling a product, sometimes it is going to that person, having a personal connection to be able to sell your coaching program or whatever it is. So here's my best advice on drafting the emails. I say there's no we in me, right? Like there's no I in team, there's no we in me. And what I mean by that is when the user opens the email, all they care about is me, like the user, right? They're not really caring about we, the company, Mm -hmm. but the company, because they have something to sell, what they do is say, 
you know, hello, so-and-so, we are so excited to announce to you that we have been working on this really great thing and we want you to buy it. Click here. Yeah. And the user is like, whoa, man, like who is, who is this, who is this we, first of all, like I suggest, um, particularly for small businesses, if you're going to say anything, say I, like the email needs to come from a person, not like, we all know it's not coming from the grand company, right? Right. Um, so it should come from a person, but then it also needs to be flipped. Like it's that with a mentality, the what's in it, what's in it for me. So when the user is reading it, what is the value? So they opened it up. They're going to give you five, 10 seconds, whatever it is, not a lot. Why should they read it? Like what, right. what, what do you, what value are you giving? What challenge are you solving today? What, um, what tip trick tool is offered in there? How are you making their lives better and easier right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's spot, spot on. Um, yeah. so tell us a little bit more about just, cause I want to learn just a little bit more about your just life being an entrepreneur and what has been one of your favorite things. And let's say like in the last three years, um, that you've loved working for yourself and on this journey. In the last, I mean, here's the deal. So I've been doing this for 10 years, um, sort of on a whim. I never imagined myself as an entrepreneur. And this was at a time I didn't know what entrepreneur meant. Like I had heard the word, but I, I, whatever. Um, So I certainly didn't put myself in that bucket. Um, But here's the thing. When I started this company, I had an almost three-year-old and a two-week-old baby. Mm -hmm. And what I knew when I was pregnant with the second, I took my salary, backed out taxes, backed out daycare for two kids, and I'd make zero dollars. And what I knew was, Hey, I think I could at least freelance and make better than zero dollars and be home with my kids. Yeah. Now my kids are, you know, so much older. The oldest turns 13 this year or next month. And so um what I've really appreciated about this business is to have a schedule that works for me and my family. So every day I pick up the kids. So I know all my meetings need to be done by two 30 and I've been able to um, stick with that consistently. And then in the pandemic, when, you know, we have been operating remote since day one. Um, And even when I was initially bringing on new team members around like year two and three, I had business advisors like Katrina, you cannot operate a remote team. You will not get big clients mm-hmm. if you don't have an office. Yeah. By the way, we have like enterprise level clients. And when I spend time with those clients, like there was one in Michigan, I went to visit them and we were going to their office and the guy swipes his key card and he's like, I hope this work. I works. I haven't been here in a year. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, work remote too. And so when this pandemic hit and everyone went remote and I opened my computer like I do every day and my team was already transitioned. It was right. like, you know what? The value that our company brings to team members who want flexible schedules or need flexible schedules or need a supplemental piece of work in addition to say parenting or something else they have going on. Like it just, I'm so grateful for what the company does for me and what it does for other people who need yeah. that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So let's get into, as we start to wrap up, let's get into the speed round. This is 
one of my favorite parts. Okay, so I, um, I'm going to ask you. Like, <laughs> I get stressed about the speed round. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're super fun. None of it's okay. like serious. Okay. Um, okay so we're going to go through and just real quick um, answer just so we can get to know you a little bit more. So what is one of your favorite ways to take care of yourself, like mind, body, soul? What kind of feeds you? So I love gymnastics. I've done gymnastics oh. since I was a kid and I still do it. Awesome. Love that. Love that. And so, fingers crossed. I don't get hurt. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You've been doing it for so long. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some, maybe some extra ice baths as you get old. As we get older. Probably good. <laughs> probably. Um, in your work week, when you think about all the things that you do, what would you do if you maybe had 10 hours back in your week for yourself? Well, that's a good question. You know, I would love to do um, what I call confetti. So confetti is my wheelhouse and it's what our team has named me. They're like, you just need some confetti on that. And basically (laughs) what it is, is taking something like boring or stuck, you know, something in that vein and just like giving it some energy, modernizing Mm it, um, making it engaging and fun. And that's, that's what I like to do. Awesome. Love that. So what is one of your go-to guilty pleasures? Uh, well, chocolate. I eat a lot yes. of chocolate. <laughs> Are you like a dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Uh, 85% green and blacks is Ooh. the brand I get specifically. Okay. Really, really bummed if it's like out of stock or something. Right, right. Okay. I can always, you know, like if it's, I'll settle for something else, but like, it's just not the same. But it's, uh, yeah, specifically the same. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so last question: If you were stuck in a foreign country with ten thousand dollars, what would you do first, and what country would it be in? Oh, this sounds fun. Um, so the thing that's coming to mind is I feel like I would make something, like have, like somehow make some little boutique thing, whether it's like jewelry, like an accessory, I think yeah, possibly a floral shop side to the accessory. Okay. (laughs) Something like that. Um, country wise, I feel like it would be a little bit tropical, maybe like a central America beach nearby. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like, I thought you were going to say like Paris or something with like, kind of <laughs> but I love an Island vibe. That's I'll awesome. take an Island vibe. Maybe yeah. it's because we're landlocked in Colorado. And so there's Probably like it. every vacation we take and my kids were even commenting. They're like, do we always have to go to the beach on vacation? Like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's where it is. And you're welcome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that later. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being on Savvy Booked and Blessed. It was so great to have you. Um, And thank you for everyone who is listening as well. If you're a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com slash podcast dash guest. If you've got something um, out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media and just do us a quick favor and take a screenshot with your phone and text it to your friend or post it on your socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social post. And if you're looking to work with Katrina and her team, make sure to tag them and reach out to them as well. Um, Katrina, where's the best place that people can find you? Notthemarketinggirl.com. And there's a contact form right there. 
Perfect. Well, so great having you on the show. And thank you for everyone who's been listening. Thank you. to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy, Book, and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. We definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.